Um, she had, as your series is, this epiphany of if I have been able to make it here, um, I can go back and, and help free other people. And, you know, when I think about her, I think of uh, the term fearless. I think, wow, here is this woman who put her life at risk to save other people, to bring them also into freedom and liberation. I think of her and, and think she put her own freedom on the line for the sake of others, for the sake of loving her neighbors, loving those that were being oppressed. But I also think about, you know, she was human too. And I'm sure she was filled with fear. Um, whenever uh, you read different uh, biographies of her, you see that her faith was something that compelled her to this action. Um, you know, some people would call her uh, Moses, is the nickname of, of her as she was bringing these uh, enslaved um, African Americans into freedom for t towards the North. And whenever you think of this terrifying journeys, journeys that she made throughout her lifespan, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think about also this calling that God has placed upon us and the places that he's placed us in. In um, the transfiguration, whenever I was reading this text, there's so much that can be taken out of it. You see uh, Moses, and you see Elijah, and you see uh, Peter asking to uh, build up these three tents. But as I was thinking about um, what to share this morning, uh, the Holy Spirit pointed me to two things in this text. And it was whenever God spoke and Jesus' touch. And those are the two things that I meditated upon as I was reading the scripture. But in order to understand the transfiguration better, you have to look at what was going on before this moment, before these three men were taking up to this mountain. Um, I think about it and I say, like, why did he transfigure? Why was it in this moment that Jesus showed his glory to these three men? Prior to the transfiguration, he had spoken about his upcoming death and his resurrection. And he had even um, told them about this calling, uh, the calling of being a disciple, the cost of it. And he said, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. And then afterwards, after the transfiguration, we also have uh, this second time that he talks about um, his death. At the first one, we have Peter. He's always the one that speaks up <laughs> and says, this, you know, this cannot be, cannot die. And Jesus rebukes him um, for uh, being a hindrance and having his mind on earthly things. And then six days later, they go up on this mountain. And the two things, how I said, the two things that I want to focus on is when God speaks and Jesus' touch. Whenever we read it here in Matthew uh, 17, I found it interesting that 
the disciples weren't um, terrified at seeing this glory of Christ, that his face shone bright like the sun and that his clothes was white as light. The, they became terrified whenever they heard the voice of God. Now, in Scripture, we have very few instances where it says that God speaks, especially in the New Testament. But here God speaks again, and he says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Now, does that sound familiar? Earlier in, in Matthew, whenever Jesus is baptized, those are the same exact words that God speaks. But here there is an addition to what he says. He says, listen to him. Listen to him. Why, why does he add that? Why does he say that? Why does he give him that command to listen to him? And I think it has to do with this idea of, of Jesus foretelling them about his death and resurrection before and after the transfiguration. And Jesus also uh, calling them to this cost of being a disciple, of denying oneself, of picking up that cross and following him. I think that's the emphasis that God was placing in this idea of listen to him. Because when he had first mentioned it, Peter was like, no, no, you can't. For us as Christians, we see baptism as this idea of dying to ourself and being raised up back in Christ. This new life, um, being dressed in white as well. God, in telling them to listen to, the, to, listen to, to Jesus, telling the disciples to listen to Jesus, was making more of that um, certainty of that there comes a cost with following Christ. Now, have you ever been called by God to something that terrifies you? Has God ever placed you in a place where you're afraid and you're like, why are you calling me to do this? <laughs> I mean, I know I have. I cur uh, currently feel that way. Um, I'm very thankful you guys are very gracious in um, opening your pulpit and allowing me to come and to share um, God's word with you this morning. And the past three years I've been in seminary, and the last year I've been struggling with this calling of, of God, of, of being a pastor. And I relate to these disciples that whenever they hear the voice of God that says, listen to him, and they fall on the ground terrified. And I relate to them. Um, because I see it as a very um, huge task, something um, that has to be held with responsibility in being a pastor. And it scares me. And then I also think, are there churches that um, would hire me as a woman to be uh, their pastor and a preacher? And not only that, but also as a Latina woman. And those are fears that I have. 
when I think of this calling that God has, in, has placed in my life, and I know that I've struggled with it, and I've kind of, well, well no, maybe God is not calling me to do that. <laughs> you know? But then I see, and I come to places like this, and I am encouraged to see that, yes, there are churches. I think we can all relate to a certain moment in our life where God has placed a calling, has put us in a, diff- in a certain place where the task seems overwhelming. Uh, last week I had lunch with uh, one of my friends, and she is a detective for the Children's Victims Unit. And, you know, I was talking to her, and I was like, how, how, how are you not weary? Like, how do you not carry that burden from, from the cases that you work and the atrocities that you, that you witness? You know, does that not lay heavy on you? And she was like, yes, it does. But I know that I've been placed there. I know that God has me there for a purpose to help. Is it scary? Yes, it is. But I know that God is with me to help me help other people in those situations. And the callings that we have, the gifts that we've been given, maybe for you, you've may also be, I don't know if there's any first responders here, but maybe that's a calling that God has placed on your life. Maybe it's a calling of um, being with uh, someone who is a friend or a family member who is going through uh, illness. And the idea of, of being called to be that presence of peace scares you and overwhelms you. Of, can I be capable of being with this person through this. So when God speaks to us, many times we are struck with fear when we hear his voice uh, to the task that he's called us to. But after God says, listen to him, the following words that Jesus says is rise. And have no fear. Rise and have no fear. I do think whenever God was saying listen to him, he was pointing to that idea of the cost of being a disciple. But I also think this immediate response of Jesus connects to that call. that, um, That God was telling them of listen to him. In verses 5 to 7, I'm going to read them here. He was still speaking, Peter was still speaking, when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. So I've said, the first thing I I talked about was when God spoke. And here, the second thing I want to talk about is Jesus' touch. 
the first thing Jesus says is rise and have no fear. So in the midst of this calling that God has placed in our life, if that's either the place that you work, if that's either a family situation that God has placed you in to be um, peace and to um, cultivate a sacred space, either for your family member who's going through something difficult, um, or even if it's a calling that terrifies you of maybe a next job that God is moving you towards, or even if it's something in ministry-related. Ministry we can feel Jesus' touch. No matter how overwhelming and terrifying that calling or that task is, we can be reassured by Jesus' touch where he tells us, rise and have no fear. Where he empowers us to rise to those occasions. Whenever I uh, first uh, felt called to going into a higher education, pursuing a degree in, in uh, theology, um, I went my first semester and I used up all my savings to favor school. And afterwards, I was like, I can't do this. I didn't even register for next semester. I packed up all of my belongings, and I went back, back home. And at this time, uh, I'd been a Christian maybe about five years. My mom had barely begun her faith journey. And I remember I was telling her fears and my troubles and, um, you know, my mom asked me, and I, this will always, I will always remember, like, the weight of what she said, because she said, Natalie, has God called you to go to that school and to pursue that degree? And I, like, sheepishly say, yes. <laughs> And she looks at me and she's like, how, how am I supposed to have faith if you don't have faith? She's like, if God has called you, then you have to trust that God will be with you. It's like, if we have to make tamales and sell them to have, get some money so that you can go to school, that's what we'll do. But God will provide. God will be with you if he's called you to that place. And yeah, we made a lot of tamales. <laughs> and I went back to school. But you know, I think of, of my mom's encouragement. I think of how my mom basically told me, rise and have no fear. And that hasn't been the only instance. She's done that many times throughout my life. And then as I think about it, I'm like, if that's my mom's response towards me, how much greater is God's to empower me, to rise in those moments of fear and that calling that he's placed upon me? How much more will Jesus' touch be on our life to help us 
Did my mom go to school with me? No. I, ha- I went by myself. I did the work, right? But her presence was there. The encouragement, the empowerment that she'd given me to continue in school was there. And same with us in different tasks that God calls us to. Like we are still responsible of doing the work. The disciples were still responsible of of doing the work. But in the midst of it, God was with them. Christ was with them. So to conclude, we've been given this revelation. This revelation of Christ being the Son of God, of Christ having the power in overcoming sin and death. And with revelation comes a response. And it's okay if that response is fear at first. It's okay. But then we are empowered by Christ to rise and have no fear to take upon us that task that he's given us. How I said, I don't know the tasks that God has placed upon y'all. But I can tell you that he's there to empower you, encourage you, and help you fulfill it. So what will our response be to this revelation? Will we maintain ourselves terrified on the floor Or will we look up when Jesus touches us and says, rise and have no fear? So I'd like to lead us in some reflection this morning. And whatever posture um, you would like to be in, as you reflect upon the things shared this morning, that's, you know, bowing your head, if that's keeping your eyes open, if that's standing up, uh, feel welcome to be in that posture. Father, we come before you uh, this morning. Thankful, Lord, for uh, your grace and your mercy upon us. Father, I thank you Uh, for the opportunity to be here with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, um, as we reflect upon the different tasks that you've called us to do, the places where in which you've placed us, uh, the fears that sometimes come along that, uh, I pray, Father, that we may uh, look up And hear Jesus' words tell us, rise and have no fear. I pray, God, that we may be that light in those dark places. And as Peter later on in his letter reflected upon um, this beautiful message that we've been given, to be able to share with those that are in need. All this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.